kind of just, you could forget everything prior to that. So we can stay from 95 to today. Um, Wed 2 was mobile and basically everybody had or has a device in their pocket that is more powerful than what Ronald Reagan had to run the free world like 40 years ago or 50 years ago. And now that's getting into the hands of people all across the world who live in way different societies than most of us even know exist. And what I mean by that is, you know, people don't know what it's like to live in North Korea. There's not very much that gets out of there, right? From a media standpoint, people don't know that there's a lot of people, there are billions or hundreds of millions of people in this world that are stuck in situations like a lot in Africa because of, you know, regimes that are corrupt, that like have an, that own this, not only the financial system, but there's no way to get out of, you know, kind of the, 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 the hands of these oligarchs and powerful people and, and, and governments, because this, like, for example, in Argentina, like everyone had their, you know, money in their banks. And then the next day the government just took half of it out and you had, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, and then in America, we're seeing inflation that's bonkers and over 50% of the money that's in circulation was printed in the last two years. I mean, that's probably not good. And um, there's actually a great video, by the way, um, on YouTube uh, called, <clears throat> it's based on his book. It's the first chapter uh, with Ray Dalio, which is, um, uh, it's the rise and fall of, it's, it's like a cartoon of the first chapter, but the rise and fall of empires and the new world order, basically, and how this is so cyclical. And what we're going through now, like the world seems, at least to me, the world seems very chaotic right now, more so than I ever experienced. I think things are real weird, just weird today than they have ever been. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is a lot of people are limited in terms of being even of being anything, let alone a creator in some of these societies, because they aren't able to be the custodian of their own wealth. They're always at the mercy of whatever they make, whether that be money, whether that be social uh, equity, uh, you know, reputation, things like that. It could just be taken away. And that is a, those are, that's a result of corruption or dictatorships or, you know, some sort there, the, the, the idea of a sovereign individual, not a sovereign nation, but a sovereign individual is non-existent in a lot of places in this world. In fact, I just learned this in the past couple of weeks from the Bitcoin conference. They had four people on stage and uh, one was from this place in Africa and they were describing one was um, um, Palestine, I believe, and talking about how like, you know, in order to send money to his mom who lives there, like in, in like a Venezuela too, like it has to go through the Israeli government, which has to approve that. And then it goes to like the palace and there's all these things that we don't know occur. And like, they might never even see it or something like that. And that's just money right now. All I can't control that. I'm just trying to help in some small way. And that's through, you know, what role can you play to help? And so the role I'm trying to play is, just education and do what you want. Because the goal that I have and that I wholeheartedly believe is going to occur, not only in my lifetime, but soon, which is people having equal access to opportunity. That is how the world should function, in my opinion. I Now, equal outcome? No, no, no. And that I don't agree with for a variety of reasons. That means it's fixed in some certain way. Everyone should have, whether you're born in Manhattan to the richest family or you're in the middle of Africa, you should both be able to open up your phones and, you know, let the best man or woman win and take the courses and the tests or whatever it might be. And whoever's better wins. It doesn't matter where you are, right? Equal access to opportunity. That doesn't exist right now. That doesn't exist to an extreme extent. Crypto unlocks that in a big way. 
and this isn't just financial, but I'll start with financial, which is think about it. If you have money, right? The only way you hold on to it, it needs that five properties pretty much, right? You need a way. So gold has long been a currency, right? Or a value, right? Why is gold a value? You can't, you know, easily make it. It's, uh, um, it doesn't, uh, what, disintegrate. I mean, a little bit, you know, things like that. And there's a finite amount and, uh, you know, unless you discover it, um, or have it, you know, you're not going to get any more of it. The point being is that what happened later on in the 1800s or early 1900s is that gold is not transportable, easily transportable. And you need to be able to take money through time. Okay. That's a property of what makes money. It needs to transport through time and space. And if you have millions of dollars in gold and you, you live in Miami and you want to go move to, I don't know, Ecuador, I don't, what are you going to do? Right. And so same thing with, so what do you do? You either have cash, which you can have under your mattress, but you can get robbed. You put in a bank account usually, or you, you know, have a, you know, you put it in something that's managed by a third party, another person and, or another entity, not yourself. So you are trusting that this other thing entity is going to do what's in the best interest. And when you go to get that back, when you need it, that it's going to be not only be there, but there's going to be more of it. And before there were banks, they were called warehouses and people would give them their gold and they would get these slips back because it was easier to trade slips like dollar bills are easier to trade than gold. That's why we got fiat money. And, um, what happened was, is the gold would then go in the warehouse. They would get a ticket that they own a hundred thousand dollars in gold from that warehouse. They would trade these tickets in public, blah, blah, blah. And then when people went to go redeem the gold, well, there was only 25% of the gold that was left. The other 75% was like used or, you know, the custodian like took advantage of it. That's what's happening at scale with governments, I think, to be honest. I, you know, I hate to be a downer like that. And crypto for the first time, think of, this is a major breakthrough. Think about this. You have the ability to transact with anybody you trust anywhere in the world within seconds or minutes, right? With no intermediary, with nothing except you and that person trusting each other, okay? And the only way that you lose your wealth is if someone knows the key that's in your head. Like, sure, someone... Like if someone came and robbed you, dropped your wallet with a gun to your head, you're going to give them it. Now, sure, they could torture you for all that stuff. But like, if they kill you, like, that's not going to work anymore because the number's in your head. Like, that's a little big of a deal. Like, you can't really do anything. What are you going to do? You can open their brain? Not going to work. So what does this do? You combine the democratization of software with ownership of your own value that you're creating from being a creator, from creating courses on drawing red birds, for example. And you are the custodian of that wealth as well. You're not dependent on anyone but yourself. You are the full stack as the human from end to end with nobody else needed except you. And you only transact with people you trust with. You don't need to worry about things going through another system, crossing different regulatory borders or something like that. And that, that decentralization of the monetary system into the individual takes the creator economy to actually own the platforms that they're working on. Like, for example, what's going to happen in the future is there's going to be a Facebook, let's say, of a crypto Facebook. And by contributing to it, like if you go to braintrust.com, it's a good, good example. By It's an upwork on the blockchain. And by contributing, whether it's web design, 
you know, whether it's administrative, whether it's vetting, you know, uh, whether it's doing work on it, you know, as a freelancer, you own these, what we call social tokens, which can be traded for, you know, things like Bitcoin, Ethereum, other coins of value, which can be traded for fiat if you want, right? But all these platforms, if you own the tokens, you own the protocols. Essentially, it's like saying, imagine, think about how much Gmail's worth. Like if Gmail could sell today, it's probably like a $100 billion business. Like it's gotta be, it's huge, right? Imagine if you owned part of the SMTP protocol, which is what every mail service uses to send and receive email. That's what's going on right now. You're going to own tokens in the protocol on these, on this new infrastructure. The internet was built without a payment rail, without a payment system. It wasn't thought of, it wasn't built into it. And that was the mistake the internet made. And it's become hyper-centralized and big tech and all that stuff. But there's no payment rail system that was built into the internet to monetize on a incremental, you know, tips, like small uh, transactatory, like uh, trans, whatever you call it, um, type of transactions where it's like review this and get two set, you know, microtransactions is what I'm looking for. And um the internet itself, as you know, it is being rebuilt to be owned by the users of the internet. And those are creators because everyone's essentially a creator. And when the creator owns the platforms they use like Coda, for example, because they have tokens and they don't bear risk of being taken off the platform unless everybody votes them out or whatever it might be. If as long as it, you know, whatever the, the DAO's uh, governance structure is, you can't just take someone out because you don't like them. You can't ruin, you know, you have ownership over not only your IP, but what you're using to build that IP. And that is a very complex and very profound uh, mo new model of how we're gonna function in society that it's really kind of hard to comprehend. It's really tough to explain. I don't feel like I'm doing a great job, but, um, it's good. It's fundamentally going to change everything. Like every business as it operates, everything. Because why would you work on something that functions exactly the same where one, you can own equity in it and the other one you can't, I'll take the one where I own equity. Why not? Does that answer your question? I don't have it here. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think you have to take it in your phone. You guys have problem listening. Yeah, we we aren't. You know, for all the all the shit we talk about being awesome and no code and all these like platforms, we suck at conducting an interview. I suck. I suck. Go ahead, I can hear you. Go ahead, Mary. What's a really excellent explanation? I, I like Ray Have you heard about the new app called Pancake? Called what? What's the new app called? I wrote it here in the chat. If you go to the chat, I wrote it. Is it P E N Q U I N? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah I know it. Yes. It's kind of exactly what, what you just described. Is it's a, a bit like, like Twitter, but it's decentralized. Right, right. It, it it's a really it's a really big deal. Well, like you know, Bitcoin was what founded this. But it's really that mixed with no code in the creator economy. Like that is a very, it's not just the crypto that many, you know, Bitcoin maximalist stuff are focused on. Like the creator economy is really kind of the core game changer in my, actually it's both of them. I just think that that combination, you know, like ownership's a big deal. 
like just in itself, you know, like being able to outright own your house and not have it taken away. People value that. And I see why, you know what I mean? And we've seen crazy things happen. Um, I, I want people to be empowered to do what they're not only passionate about, but whatever they're passionate about and also good at, you can't just be passionate. You got to be good at it too. So, you know, you don't have to be that good, but you got to be good. And, um, I want to have people infuse more joy and creativity and happiness into this world. And I really believe that's going to be the result of this. You know, there's, you know, it's the regret minimization framework. Like we're going to have much less people at 80 years old saying, I should have started that. Oh my God. If I only would have tried to, I no. there's no time machines that I know of yet. Um, but any way we can get people to muster up the courage to just try, like, I don't, it's never too late. If you're 80 years old, maybe it's too late, but if you're 60, you, you got two decades of good health, three decades and it's only getting longer. So it's like people who are like 50 are like, ah, you know, I've already done this for too long. I hate it. I gotta stick with it. It's like, no, you could become a maker and a create, like you are a maker and creator. You could just choose to actually become one that's professional or not. That's a decision you can make. And it requires dedication, time, commitment, and it's hard. And that's Shout out. Um, yeah, no, no, I think that's a good question. I think Web3 is something that everyone can benefit educating themselves on. Um, in fact, I've never known anyone who uh, went down that rabbit hole and then came out the other side and said, you know what, I'm going to go back to the other side and I'm going to stick with the field. I've never, that hit me the other day where I've seen people switch the other way around, but not the, that way not going to then learn everything about it and then say, eh, I don't think so. And the best example of that is the co-founder of uh, Basecamp, um, DHH, David Heimer, Hyman or whatever. Um, they have an email service called hey.com and also Basecamp.com. But at hey.com, they have something called world.hey.com, I think, which is like you can blog from your email. I actually use it. And he wrote a he wrote a post not too long ago and was on the Bankless podcast. And they, if you don't know about the founders of Basecamp, they're totally bootstrapped. Basecamp charges 99 bucks a month. Uh, they have millions of pe millions of people using it, paying $99 a month. They're, they're a company making hundreds of millions of dollars, like tens of millions on a monthly basis or billions a year, and nobody even knows them, and they never raise a dime. Uh, it's very, they have very radical views. Um, but David was always against crypto. He's the CTO and he wrote an article that you can search for that, um, um, it's called something like I was wrong about crypto and here's why. And it took the event in Canada where our friend Hector is right now with the truck drivers and them taking access away of the money and freezing the accounts to realize why crypto was important. Um, and that's kind of what I was alluding to, which is that individual sovereignty. Um, you earned it, you know, like, you know, there was an instance where people were, people who donated to a cause were threatened to get into trouble because they made a donation. So they were tied to it. And these are just innocent, like, you know, people who made a donation and they're terrified and people we already just discussed naturally live in fear and, that compounded with probably COVID and everything else took fear to a whole different level. 
and has prob- probably caused a huge spike in like depression, anxiety, all this stuff. That's why we're seeing all these mental kind of illnesses. And I know those very well as I struggle from depression um, and it sucks, but you're, if you believe this to be true, then Hector's right in saying that you can do that anything, anyone who's willing to can do it. And I believe this is true. And I would love to hear why it wouldn't be true, which is you, you, as Ben Horowitz says, like in his book, his title of his book is you are what you do. Right. And I believe that you are your actions. Like what, that's who you are, right? The way, you know, you are what you do. It's not what you think. It's not what's inside of your head. It's what you do. And how do your actions come about? Well, they stem from your thoughts or something subconsciously that's, you know, you may not recognize that's initiating you to do a particular action. That's where it comes from, right? And I believe in life, there's only two things you can control. And everyone spends 99% of the time thinking about a third variable, which they can't control. But if you only focus on the two things that I think you can't control, which is I think you can control your actions and I think you can control your thoughts. Now, that's really hard, but and things pop in your head, but you can decide to change your thought. And if you believe you can change your thoughts, then that means you can change your actions and your actions are your habits. And if you fundamentally change whatever, like if you're not happy where you're at today, you're clearly doing something repetitively or many things repetitively that are putting you into the spot you're in today. And you say you don't want it, but you do because you're acting in a way that's leading to that result. So you're lying if you're saying that you don't want it because a part of you does want it. Otherwise you would change. Like it's so basic. Um, And so if you believe you can control your thoughts, which, you know, I do, and it's really difficult and uh, meditation, things like that. And probably, you know, spirituality, hokey pokey stuff that would be considered hokey pokey is probably something 10 years ago, I would have said, pay no attention to. And now I would say like fundamentally is a requirement to achieve whatever you want. Um, I, I mean, it's physics, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Right. That is a, that's a, that's the law of physics. So that means that everything is energy and what you put out into the ether is what you attract back and vice versa. And, um, once you realize everything's energy and you can control, you know, you could tell if you're talking to someone and you're on sync with them and things are going super well and you guys are like hitting it off, you know, think you're vibing. Um, and you can also tell if like, uh, you don't have good rapport like it's awkward or something that's because you guys are on different wavelengths, like just different energy, you know, like it's not a bad thing. It's just, you feel it. You feel like something's off. Well, how do you feel like something's off? There's clearly some energy of some sort. I I don't know what the hell it is. And I'm not (laughs) a religious person and so far from spiritual and this is off topic, but like, I just really think that, that people don't understand that they really do control much the people who are fortunate enough to be in societies where they get the free freedom, free will of being able to do that. Or like if you're born in North Korea, it's much harder, if not possible. Um, and that's not fair. But uh, if you're in the US and you're complaining and you went to Duke, like shut up, go change your life. Like, I don't wanna hear it. Like you're choosing not to. Like I, I just, everything that will come out of your mouth is an excuse. I actually, I have no talent. I, I literally just do not care. I, it, it's meaningless. It, it's just anything against changing the actual behavior and doing what you love is literally sounds in my ear. Like like that's what it, it sounds like a language that we'll hear when we go to Mars or something. I don't know. Like it's a bunch of horseshit. Like, Go out there, fucking try shit, learn, question your beliefs. B 
be flexible with your beliefs. Talking about the first thing we talked about, which is just because something happened for a long period of time doesn't make it right. Well, there's people that will defend something they've believed in for so long, even though they've learned it's false, but they don't want to be wrong. So they'll stick to it. That blows my mind. I actually can't comprehend that. It's hard for me to wrap my head around because who cares if you're right or wrong? You just want to get to the right conclusion. So be flexible, being them like things change all the time. Life is changes. Don't stick to something just because you stuck to it for so long, like evolve. And if you're not willing to evolve, then don't be surprised that your life doesn't evolve. Like that's it. And if you're, and then if, if you're okay with, if you're upset with that, either do something about it or don't. And if you don't just don't nonstop talk about it because no one wants to hear your bullshit because everyone else is dealing with their shit. No one gives a shit about what you're dealing with because they, everyone's very selfish. No one's thinking about what you're wearing. They're thinking about how bad their own shirt looks. Like everyone's in their own head thinking about themselves. That's really true. Like it is. And there's something kind of meaningful for that, which is it's important to be selfish before you're selfless because if you're, everyone wants to change the world. Everyone wants to help people. Everyone wants to, oh, I'm going to go do this and help, help, help. But inside they're broken and, you know, not happy and all this stuff. And that's going to make them feel better. No, 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 no. You should be selfish as can be and pursue what you want. Who cares what everyone else says? Most likely they're wrong, by the way. If you, every story you hear of these like crazy successes, like, I don't know, the richest man in the world, like Elon Musk, I think anything he ever did, everyone told him he was a moron. I think, I think unanimously, he was a moron for everything he did. You're going to start a car company in Silicon Valley. You're going to start a space. Yeah, they, yeah, they were, they, you're right though. If you li if you listen to those people, you wouldn't even know who he is. And it, it just goes to Hector's point, which is try. You're going to fail probably most of the time. But if you find those two or three things that you like slash are good at, and you go all in on those, you money will follow that you'll earn financial income. You'll make a that that's a byproduct. You got to find the self-awareness part first. Everything else will just follow. It will, it, it's, it'll naturally follow. Like if you love what you do and you're fucking good at it, this crazy thing is going to happen. People are going to pay you to do what you love to do because you're good at it. And you're probably a, pleasure to work with because you're so damn happy. So I just don't like people. I don't like hearing complaints, but then seeing no changes. I just, I don't really have any empathy for that. I might be cold, but I have no empathy for that. That's my answer to what I don't even know what the question was. Jonathan, how, Jonathan, how do you have so much energy to think about all of that. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. What do you mean? I mean, you just like, I mean, you, you just like shared so many thoughts. So, but did it make sense? And like, so of course. Yeah. I mean, at least it did for me. Um, where do you get all of these? thoughts and how do you reflect on all of this? Do you see through reading or are you are you, just are you saying you don't think what I was like thinking ever? I guess I, I feel like people I think it they I just don't do articulate it. I think I think I kind of do some of it, but I maybe I'm not probably I don't articulate it just as, as you did. Um, my, my question is, when you try to think about all of this and actually putting it into words, do you do it in a podcast? Do you do it? Do you write it down somewhere? Do you just like let your brain go and just speak whatever it's you that. think? I or... don't, I don't think about okay. how I'm going to share something or do it. Like literally whatever I just said just now was how it rolled off like that there. I, I, for better or worse, probably for worse. I don't believe in planning. 
<laughs> I really don't. I, I'm wrong, by the way. No, but I'm don't. wrong on part of that. You should definitely. I could plan better. I could do some planning. But no, I, I just. Uh, I think authenticity is important. Actually, I think authenticity is a requirement in order to make it in anything where now we have a microscope on everyone. And like I said, every human can smell bullshit, whether you have a high um, emotional intelligence or low. It's fascinating to me that people with the worst emotional intelligence who I know can't read anything of anyone and totally get every situation wrong. They're like, that person is lying. And they are <laughs> like, like, we just know. <laughs> so Love it. Yeah. authenticity is non-negotiable, but that doesn't mean you can't plan. You could be authentic and plan. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, that would be stupid yeah. for me to say. Um, it's just kind of how I work. I do consume a lot of audiobooks, um, like a and a lot of podcasts. Yeah. I'm a huge audio. Look, I probably, yeah, I got to be one of the top consumption audio consumers of in like the world. I would imagine. Like I have my ear, like I'm listening to a book or something for like probably eight hours a day or something like that. Like something stupid, like it's wild. But if I'm not talking to people, but I talk to people a lot too. Dude, that's, yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. No, You're that was great. my man. podcast. That, I'm that interviewing you. Really what are you doing? No, I mean, I was just listening to you. I was just like trying to wrap my head around some of your thoughts, which was pretty Do you have any responses? So any yeah, feedback? that was great. Initial thoughts? I mean, and anything that stuck out? You, you, you definitely said a lot. You said way more than I could say about the topic. Um, honestly, I'm just like learning by now. I just like, I don't even have any thoughts or responses. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what you mentioned about everyone has an opportunity and what you mentioned about yeah. gold versus fiat versus just like the whole story of how we came up with web three and why it's relevant. Um, no, I'm just intaking all you said for now, to be honest. You, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm always seeking like uh, negative feedback intentionally. Like I hate, like compliments, like I hate like when I get compliments, partially because it not it's not a healthy thing. Like I just am not good at accepting like gifts, for example. I'm just like I don't think I just like it's yeah. a flaw probably. And um, but uh, like oh you're great at this. Well, I, if you tell me that, I most likely know I'm really good at what I'm doing. And like thanks, but I know that it's more like you know you, this should be you know you could have done it, you know this way or like what you said there is ridiculous and there doesn't make any sense and so i'm always seeking out like um I, you can call it uh what constructive criticism i guess but i'm looking for like things i can fix yeah. you know what i mean and it's so funny that you say energy right you use the word energy like a lot of like how you so much energy because i don't feel that way i don't feel like i i like the way you're responding to the me it doesn't sound like that the, i don't know it's very confusing to me truly why why do you feel this confusing like it, it, you're you have a very ener energetic personality um and it's like late at night and you're going deep into like hard I, topics i feel like i'm tired i feel like i don't have enough energy that i should have i feel everything opposite but yet but everybody really? tells me what you're saying. Interesting. So clearly I'm wrong. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. You're just you, you know, it's like, I, I guess what, what I'm observing and, and you can decide how you feel about this, but what I'm observing is that you have a lot of energy and you're very energetic and you can go deep into your feelings and into your mindset and you can go deep into your mind and talk about a topic that you understand and or like try to understand and uh you do it like it seems like you're very passionate about it <laughs> and it's you're tired and it's late at night 
and like you still do it like it's eight in the morning your first cup of coffee <laughs> and it feels like you've talked about this before many times and you probably write it down somewhere before you talked about it but no. you didn't so that's what i mean by there's a lot of energy in in that conversation um which in in, in my mind it's something good it's I, i'm not saying it that's something no bad. i appreciate that's actually really it it's just like i i couldn't do it like i'm just like there's no way i could do, do that. what um, what but you easily do can, what like, well, like tapping your feeling what, what part i don't understand what you can't do no tap like right now at like at this hour after working on, on like a lot of stuff during the day i just like don't have my brain is not thinking enough on deep subjects maybe you're a morning I person like, i get tired and then my brain is like and then i'm like just shut it down but maybe you're a morning person and maybe if this was a nine in the morning you'd be going real deep and i wouldn't be right could be that Maybe. Yeah. Could be. Are you a night person? Uh, historically I have been, but I've started, I, the, the habits we were talking about, one of the key ones that I've been doing is, um, first thing in the morning is getting outside for at least 10 minutes, uh, like walking because the light is, um, is what sets your circadian rhythm and essentially creates a, a clock, a 16 hour clock. So like you have these things in your eyes that yeah. are literally just to recognize light. And so even when it's cloudy outside or something, there's actually more light rays and stuff like that, but you become more tired early. And, oh. and, and I use the sauna now on a pretty much daily basis and, uh, infrared and red light therapy, which is like a juve machine, uh, first thing in the morning and gratitude journal and, uh, the daily stoic, which has been a very good purchase daily stoics, legit big time. Stoicism's legit. That's opened up doors. Nice. Those are those are good habits. Um, do you have I a hate favorite one? I make my bed, and I—they're I, all <laughs> things I never did, and realized that I wasn't where I wanted to be. So I had to then I, that it had to be a result of stuff I was doing. So I started slowly changing things, and lo and behold. Things started yeah. changing, getting way better, even way better than I ever predicted, like starting two years ago or maybe a little over two years ago, probably like, yeah. but it was after doing it for a year. Now I have to do it, but I really don't enjoy it. Yep. I don't, I don't enjoy journaling. I don't enjoy this. Like, <laughs> song. I don't enjoy waking up early, but I, I get up in the first 10 seconds now. Like I've just... I didn't want to stay up till four in the morning every night. Like you, it's not good. Yeah. I used to think like, why does it matter? But Definitely. I actually think it's, I, I'm very, I was very against in the work world of like, you got to be in a nine o'clock, like nine o'clock. You got to be in an eight thirty. like these arbitrary yeah. times. Like that's, we work nine to six. Like I, I despise yeah. that. I, I was like, isn't it just about the output? Like, it's just about the fucking output. Like, if I work yeah. from seven at night to five in the morning and the quality of my work's better and turn in on time than somebody who works from the regular standard hours, why the hell do you care when I do it or where I do it? I just never, I passion was, did not understand that. Um, but, uh, yeah, as you become more, and especially, you know, this, but if you're a business owner for sure, but an entrepreneur, like you got to talk to humans a lot and that's, I guess you don't have to, but if you're building something, most likely you do. And, uh, most people are in the world that you're going to deal with are awake during, you know, similar ish hours, which are not four in the morning, you <laughs> Eastern time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like people who wake up really early. So in tools, Titans, like, like what's in fair, like, I found this fascinating, but people who are successful in health, the people who are successful in wealth, people who are successful in what these like different sections, right? It's, success is not just money. That's where people get real confused, right? Mm -hmm. It can be being the best nutritionist, but you make 50 or the best school teacher and you make 50,000 a year, but you're happy as shit. Like that's success. Success is achieving one's own goals, in my opinion, and being happy. 
That's it. It actually has nothing to do with money. Our, mm-hmm. the, at least our culture. Yeah. Happiness. It's. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, our culture in the U S has that whole concept messed up. We've put the wrong things on pedestals and stuff. And that's why there's big suicide rates with entrepreneur stuff and it's not good. But anyways, people don't get, it's very lonely to build a business. You think it's like all glamor being a CEO. It's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's far, very far from it and very stressful, especially when you're responsible yeah. for paying other people um, and their families. And whew, yeah, it's a lot. Um, but uh, like you, I like to right. try to l- at least give everything a try and live on the edge. Like, like the chances of being a human are so ridiculously rare. And then come, then add that to yeah. being around today in a world that's better than any other time in history by far, by far. I mean, everyone lived in poverty up until like 1900. Like no one gets that. Like we're, there's so much abundance. We're too rich. It's ridiculous. And I literally mean people who are impoverished so in yeah. like worldwide poverty, I think is gone or something like that. Or it's like a low percentage, like really, really, the whole world's been lifted. It's decreasing. Yeah, it's definitely decreasing. And then and then when you get really narrow into like the US and then you get into like suburbs, well that you just have no idea that that that's not how the world fucking lives, like at all. Like that's how I grew up and I thought everyone would live like that. Nobody lives like that. You're lucky as shit. Like it's just lucky, right? And by the way, it's it's really full of the most messed up people actually who are like the most unhealthy couples that are staying together for the wrong reasons or are working jobs because they just want to be rich and have a big house and show a better car or whatever. Um, there's a great, great line in the psychology of money, which I highly recommend to read highly by Morgan Housel. And he used to do a valet at, in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. and people would drive Lamborghinis and Ferraris and, you know, be very flashy. And he liked cars as well. And uh, there was this guy that would come up in this like really rare Ferrari that's worth like tons of money. And he was, as he's writing about it, he goes, you know, that guy, he doesn't even remember what that guy looked like or who he was, but he remembers the car. And what's so ironic about that is the guy probably bought the car so everyone sees him or her like in that car, like, look at me, you know, right. Yet he only looked at, but my car. Yet he yeah. looked at the car and would think of, Oh, himself driving in the car one day or imagining him being in the car, not like that guy in the car. Like it was about, what if I have that car? It's me in that car. Like people don't look at what you think they look at. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was so true. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that is so, so It's true. amazing. Um, it's, that's so good. Yeah, definitely going to read that book. Another just, um, let's see if you get the answer to this one from yeah. that book. There's actually two more things, but this one was, I actually, I was stumped on this one. Now knowing, ready? The human brains, he says, are not wired to understand compounding interest. And he says, if I tell you what's A plus A plus A plus A plus A, you can figure it out. If I said eight times, eight times, eight times, eight times, eight times, eight, you would never figure it out, right? Or it'd be hard. Uh, you, you wouldn't figure it out. Um, I would. Yep. And so he goes, imagine there's two pieces of algae next to each other at the bottom of the lake. Okay. And for one month or for 30 days, okay, the two, that starts off with two, and then it doubles, you know, each day for a whole month. On what day is half the lake full? Out of 30 days. What's the answer? On what day? Okay, say it again. On what day is half the lake full? If it doubles every day. It feels half. Yeah, so it starts with two and then it goes to four and for 30 days. On what day is half the lake full? It's less than half. No, it's day 29, the day before, the final day. It's half full and then it doubles. It's, it's at the very end. <laughs> oh, right. Then the next one. That's is, compounding yeah. interest. Then the, then the next one. So cool. the point being is right. that 
you don't, nothing, ha- it just slow things, you know, like increase the value, all this stuff. And then it just goes bonkers at the end. So like Warren Buffett at, at right. if he was a normal human and retired at 65 years old or 60 years old, I forget which one it was, and went to hang out with his grandkids, right? He's worth $59 billion today or something, or now it's over a hundred billion, but at the time of the book, um, it was 59 billion. If he retired and played with his grandkids at 65, like normal people do, what would his net worth have been? Mm-hmm. 11.9 million. Instead, it's 59 billion. And, and 99.7% of his wealth has come after the age of 65. Like, the, it's not oh, that he's wow. such a great investor. Yes, he's above average. He's not the best investor. It's, he's 93 years old. He's old. And when things compound, you just heard like the lake. Think of the longer you live, you're just going to. Yeah. That's how compounding works. Our brains aren't wired to understand that because it's such a uh, like quantum concept. And so like, uh, th- yeah. that's why people have a... And it requires yes. a lot of patience as well. Yes. It, and resilience because he points out like, uh, mm-hmm. it, he points out something interesting. We can stop here, which is someone in 1900 who left their money in the stock market all the way to today, 2020, someone who took it out when it was the recession. And then someone who would take it out, you know, three months after things were bad, like waited a little bit, but then who ended up with the most money and the person who left and what happened during this period of time, there were two world wars. There were like 19 recessions. There were more days that the stock market was down than up. It was, you know, the Great Depression happened, uh, all this stuff. And the one who didn't touch the money had over double the wealth of everyone else. You, mm-hmm. it's, it's emotions. People are, um, we are emotional creatures. We're human. We're, it, like, should you buy, should you yeah. outright pay for your house in cash at 2% interest when you can get 6% in the S&P 500? No, of course not. However, there, someone might feel comfort in just owning their home, we'll do it. you know, but it wouldn't make sense on a spreadsheet. A spreadsheet yeah. would tell you something totally different. You would say you're an idiot, but you know what? There's value in going to sleep at night and being like, I don't have a mortgage. This is my place. Yeah. So it's all about what your values are and what your goals are. And that's why comparing your getting financial advice, especially from someone else is so idiotic. Because you guys value different things yeah. and that goes for everything that we've been talking about this entire night with professions and, and, you know, the creator economy in general, do you, because I promise right. you, no one's going to be a better you than you are. Like that is a fact. There's just no way it's impossible. There's no one who could be a better version of you than you. Right. There's just no one. It, how? And you're the only person who knows how you feel and think and all that stuff. Yeah. And so to be, to turn out and be something because your parents want you to or something else, I think is a catastrophic mistake. And I think, uh, I don't want to see that shit anymore, man. Yeah. 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 That was, that's so true. Yeah. That was good. Um, I haven't even thought about like if, if and how I understand compound interest, but yeah, what what you said it's super super right. Because I was th- um, I was thinking the same thing. I have to leave you. I have to take my 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 dog out. He desperately needs to be apparently. Um, but it's been great, man. Dude, dude, I really appreciate you. You were a little choppy, but I appreciate you being on. Uh, just plug whatever you want, and like, where can people find you? Or where's the best place to find you if they want to reach out? Oh, you can find me at, at Twitter. It's probably the best way at Hector Reyes F. That's my handle. R E Y. Or LinkedIn, if you guys use it. I do. I think LinkedIn is the ultimate hack. I'm the, I'm in the top. I'm in the top. Yeah, I still there. use it. My posts go crazy. They they're seen by like thirty thousand people. Like it's wild. 
Oh, that's crazy. Well, that's insane. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential in LinkedIn if you use it. Over 80% right. of the people on, first of all, most people are outside the US. And um, if you make 60,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. Over um, over 50% of LinkedIn makes over 80,000 a year. That's a very valuable, and you and you know their, wow. you know, you know their crazy. jobs titles, you know where they work, you know their colleges, you know their names, you know, okay. it's ridiculous. It's by far the most, and people go on yeah. there for very professional reasons, usually, you know, as opposed to TikTok, although TikTok's yeah. effective That's right. if you do it native to that platform, yeah. but um, super underrated. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But I friended every CEO yeah. on the platform for 14 yeah. years and I can't even have any more connections. I can't tell you how many people, how many recruiters reach out and they go, Oh my, you maxed out at 30 some thousand followers. Like you can't get more. It's I'm going to email them by the way. And oh, they think wow. like, and they have this thing called social selling index. That's how they rate you like on the platform. Okay. And like, I'm in the, t like the less than 1%, you know, the highest you could be in everything. And I haven't sold anything on LinkedIn yeah. I ever or like, I haven't sold anything. Anywhere. Like I built a business, not even selling, just educating. It's turning to right. income. Literally, I haven't sold anything. So I find it funny. It's called social selling index. But because it's high, it makes my stuff just go yeah. crazy. And literally every day I would take out my phone. Yeah. And I would friend as like 10 CEOs like of top relevant companies. I did this literally almost every day for like a decade. Because I was like, you know what? I think one day, A, you won't be able to do, you won't be able to be a first connection with like these, with Bill Gates, uh, not, you know, whoever, mm -hmm. uh, some power into its CEO or Obama, whatever. Um, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> so I thought that might go away, but then I was like, it's probably good to have direct access to all these people's inboxes where you can absolutely reach them. <laughs> If you in the future, like that might be a valuable mm -hmm. asset, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, yeah, and they're you're also going to see their growth, like your early connections, and then you can see their career path, their growth, and then you can connect with them again. That's what I like about LinkedIn that you can understand what's happening with this person and what happened before, and probably what will happen yep. after. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, check Hector out on uh, yeah. on Twitter and. Uh, Dude, I appreciate you being on. I feel like I talked way too much in this episode by far. Um, no, it was great. It was, it was great. I had a good time. Um, I learned a lot as well, and uh, it was great. Thanks I, for having I, me. I hope you did, and I and I hope everyone listening got some sort of value. And if it did, it probably came from Hector. Uh, but, you know, I'm just here trying to be the moderator. Um, so... No, that was really good, man. Um, yeah, learned a lot. It was great. Great conversation. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll yeah, keep no, I'm glad we did this. And uh, hopefully in the future, you'll come on again if you're done. Yeah, for sure. All right, All man. Right. Have a good night. You too, man. All right, wait, 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 wait. Take care. Wait, wait. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to end it.